Growth is the only way to unlock your true greatness, not only to yourself, but to the world. I'm your host, Candace Lamb, and I'm here to encourage you to explore the possibilities of your best life, what it looks like, and what it takes to get there. I've gathered successful leaders all around the globe to ask the questions we all want to know about business, wealth, health, and relationships. So settle in. You're listening to the Growth and Greatness Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Growth and Greatness Podcast. I am your host, Candice Lamb. And if you're just joining us for the first time, the Growth and Greatness Podcast is a weekly show where we share practical and thought-provoking conversations with Christian leaders all around the globe that address the questions and answers we all want to know about faith and growth. Today, my guest is my very own husband, Pastor Jonathan Lamb, Senior Pastor of the Evening Light Pentecost. Church located on the beautiful island of Bermuda. He is affectionately known as Pastor Jay. And for those of you who do not know, he's an author, a producer, a serial entrepreneur, and he's just amazing. I think so. I'm so excited to be bringing him on to the show today. We are talking about humility. The title of today's show is Humility Before Honor. What does the Lord really require? I'm going to bring Pastor Jay on and then we are going to get right into our conversation today because I know that it's going to be a really, really good one and I cannot wait to get started. So honey, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. (laughs) It's so great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm listen. I must be doing something right because I keep getting called back. And listen, this is the hottest podcast this side of heaven. (laughs) Growth and greatness. Come on, let's grow. You're so kind. You're so kind. So today our topic is humility before honor. And we're talking about what the Lord requires. So before we jump into this topic. I just want to give everybody a little bit of a backstory. So last year we were at a conference and when I was sitting there, the spirit of the Lord began to speak to me and he gave me a few points that he wanted, um, that I believe he wanted us to touch on this season of the podcast. And the first one was the topic of honor. And as I began to think through it, think through my own relationship with uh, the word and my own process and all of these things, uh, excuse me, not honor. Hello. Humility, humility and honor. I realized that even my own understanding along the way had to grow and had to develop. And so I think this is a really great conversation to have because if the Lord is requiring something of us in the area of humility, it would be really good to get a clear picture of what that is, particularly when he begins to move us into a place where he's requiring us to give honor. And how can we give honor unless we are first, you know, walking in a spirit of humility. And I think in my own life, that's where he's saying, like, if I'm telling you to honor me, how can you first honor me unless you have a clear perspective of who you are and who I am in this relationship? And so we're going to get into it. Pastor Jay, what would you say in terms of humility? How do you understand or what do you understand the definition of humility to be? So I actually just looked it up and in the dictionary it talks about being free from like arrogance, being freed from pride, 
being humble. And so I think, you know, a lot of times we live in the extremes of that word of humble, right? You know, we talk about eating humble pie and all this stuff. And like, it's this idea sometimes of the extreme of it is almost to be like a slave, to be humbled and to be under and beneath and all of these things. And then we have the other extreme of being proud or what have you. And I think it's somewhere in the middle because, you know, growing up, we were afraid to be confident because we thought that was pride, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other side of it was we we began to deny our expertise and our abilities trying to be humble, you know, like I don't really know anything and I don't know. Well, that's not true, right? right. And so it's finding this space. And so I believe being humble is when you are using your gifts, this is kind of a working definition, right? But it's kind of like you're using your gifts to serve. You're using your gifts to be a blessing and you're not using it to make somebody feel less than. You're not using it to necessarily promote yourself, but you're using the gifts to serve uh, humanity or serve one another or what have you and doing it in a way that, you know, there's, you're not arrogant, but you're still confident, but you're not using that to make others feel inferior. That's an interesting point that you bring up about not always being, or not always understanding like this, I don't even know, the picture, the place in the middle of the extremes. Because I think when I recall my own experience, particularly in Christian environment, it seems to be like this false humility, right? Mm -hmm. Like, no, 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 I don't, I can't do this. No, 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 it's you, it's you. You're the one that can do it. No, I don't, I can't preach. No, 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 it's you, you're the preacher. No, 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 I can't sing. No, no, it's you. Meanwhile, these people are well aware of their capabilities. They know that when they step to a microphone and they're gonna sing, they can murder a song. You know what I mean? Like the honestly, like the question is like, where are we seeing a real picture of humility? Something that's not put on, something that's not contrived, but it really is like I'm fully walking in my capabilities, I'm fully walking in my call, but I'm also not using that as leverage. You know what I mean? So that's a really good point that you bring up about that. Can you give me an example? I mean, like, where do we see that? Let's talk about like some scripture. Like, where are we seeing humility like God's way? Listen, the greatest of all time, Jesus himself, Jesus (laughs) Christ. Of course. So Philippians 2, and I'm not saying this in a cliche way or in a Sunday school way, like Jesus, like God, he really is. He is the cornerstone. He is our greatest example. So Philippians 2, 6 to 11, and this is, I am just happened to be in the King James version. I don't even read King James that often. But, uh, it says, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Mm. Right. So Jesus was like, I'm God. You know what I mean? Like he didn't think it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. Hmm. 
and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And then it goes on to say, wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him a name of, which is above every name. But this humble peace, you never see Jesus walking through life through the scripture where he doesn't know what he's doing, hmm. where he is groveling or where he, no, he's very confident. He knows his assignment. He knows what he's called to do. Matter of fact, when people begin to challenge him on the things that he's doing and the things that he's saying, he's like, listen, he pushes back, right? He pushes back and he says, like, even if you don't like me, at least believe the works that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Right. So he's not in this position of no, guys, I'm not, you know, I'm not a teacher. I'm not the rabbi. I'm not healing folks. No, you're you should be. Healed. No, he is like I'm doing my assignment, but he's taking who he is and the call that's on his life and the giftings that's on his life, the talents that's on his life, the spirit of God that's on his life. And he's using it not to lord over people, but to serve people. Hmm. and to show us how we are supposed to live. Mm -hmm. Now, he could have been like, listen, I am God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm here to help you, so chill out, you know? He could have been very, like, he could have flexed his muscles. He could have done it a different way, and rightfully so. Sure. But he begins, he strips off his if I can say it this way, his deity or his godness, right? And he comes as the form of a man, but then it says in the form of a servant, yeah. right? So he doesn't just come as like a man, but he's the, the king of it all. No, he comes as a servant and he begins to allow his expertise, his knowledge, his anointing, his power, to begin to bless people and to speak for itself and not using it to manipulate people mm. or to make them feel lesser, mm -hmm. right? But at the same time, he's also not allowing him being humble to deny who he is. Mm -hmm. So he's walking in this very balanced way right to love people to rescue people to be an example right but also not to like be arrogant and manipulative and a dictator over folks when he probably has the right to do so that is so good i think it was i mean it hadn't it hasn't been that long ago but i was thinking about jesus's life and you know even how it talks about how he literally he had to humble himself to be on the cross to die for our sins but when i begin to think about his entire life like his beginnings were humble beginnings like jesus never really walked in the fullness of honor in his lifetime that was due him he never really experienced it I mean, I think the thing that was probably closest to it was what we describe as Palm Sunday when he's walking through, you know, when he's walking through the, the city and people are saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. But like that is the peak of honor right. in his ministry. And as I begin to think about that, I begin to think like, 
I wonder if our expectations of honor in our own lives is really consistent with what we're seeing modeled in Jesus's life. Right. Right. Because if we're, if truth be told, you know, as we are learning and as we're growing in our walk with the Lord and for those of who feel like they're called to a certain thing or a certain place, like there may be an expectation that the Lord is going to exalt, that the Lord is going to honor, that the Lord is going to do this thing. And it's like, well, you know, because the Lord is using me in this way or because I'm serving the people of God in this way, like there's an honor that's associated with it. And I'm, I'm saying that just because we keep seeing accounts, even in like on social media with different ministers and stuff like that, really kind of calling people on the carpet. And they're like, nope, you're going to honor me. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. But are we like, that's not really the model that we see in scripture. Even when, even when the, it talks about Jesus going into his hometown and his him not being able to do any mighty works because of the familiarity there. Like he doesn't turn up. He doesn't turn up. And I think like, I think about our version of ministry in the modern day and how many of us would rebuke the entire town because you know what I mean? But the Bible says he doesn't turn up. He recognizes that he couldn't do any miracles. He trains up his disciples because he knows that they will receive from them. And then he sends them back to right. do the works that he couldn't do. Right. So, I mean, through this process, I hope this information, you know, is causing you all to think and to ponder and to consider some things because I find it fascinating. And honestly, mm -hmm. I feel like I am growing in, in my walk with the Lord as I'm learning about how he understands honor, how he uses honor mm -hmm. and how he perceives it in the life of his ministry. Right. And I think too, like, unfortunately in Christian though, we, you know, we've taken on the world's definition of honor, of greatness and all of those things. Right. And so even the disciples, they're like, listen, we want to sit on your left and your right. We want to be, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? Who's going to right. be? And Jesus says, listen, that's what the world does, but that should not be amongst you. Hmm. The greatest among you will be the greatest servant. And what we have to realize, and right now I'm talking specifically to Christian leaders, Christian ministers, you know, wherever you find yourself, but our purpose is to serve. Like we're called to have dominion. We are called to subdue the earth, but it's for a purpose. Like you've got to know what is the assignment. Mm -hmm. The assignment is not to be honored. The assignment is not to be praised. The, the assignment is not to be lifted up. Hmm. Right. The assignment is to do the will of God. Now, will people be thankful and grateful? Will they lift you? Will they do all these different things? Sure. But that's not the goal. Mm -hmm. That is not the goal. And so I think a lot of times we have forgotten that. And now we are trying to have this hierarchy amongst us. Right. <laughs> and so I have to have a bigger title than you and I have to have a bigger position than you so that you know your place. Mm. Right. And again, it's because we've lost the art of honoring and the art of being humble, right? Mm -hmm. And so 
in our modern day world, you know, we celebrate, we just came out of Black History Month and we celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., right? Rightfully so. He has his own holiday in some nations, right? He has his own monument. He has all of these things and we're like, I have a dream. We know the I have a dream speech and all of these things. But what most people don't know or what a lot of our younger, our young, the younger generation doesn't realize, myself included, praise the Lord, is that while he was doing the work, he was not honored. We forget he was assassinated for the thing that he was doing, just like Jesus. So we honor Jesus. He has a name above every name and all these things, but it was the thing, it was him serving the world that put him on a cross, right? The honor came after death, Mm -hmm. right? Same with Dr. Martin Luther King. The honor came after death, Mm -hmm. right? People weren't celebrating him while he was making change and while he was doing different things. And I think we've got to remember that because a lot of us were wanting to do the work, but we want to be recognized for the work while we are living. But you're like, the goal is do the work. You don't know the fullness of what God's going to do in your life in the long term. Right. And that's why it's about being humble enough to do the assignment, whether honor comes or not, whether people thank you or not, whether like you've got to do the thing that is right to do the thing that you're called to do. And the byproduct of that will be celebration and Mm -hmm. honor. And if it doesn't come here and now, certainly the Lord is going to honor you there and later. Right. And it will be a bigger celebration and some people will get both. Right. But it's not about, it's about doing the thing that you are called to do and being humble enough to do it when it feels like nobody cares. And nobody's watching and nobody is celebrating and nobody's tooting your nobody's throwing a ticker tape parade for you. Right. And so it says here that Jesus humbled himself even unto death and even the death of a cross. So he was he died in the eyes of society at that time as a criminal. Right. He didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't his debt to pay, but he was like, they can't handle it. So I'll go to the cross for them. And so he goes through one of the most brutal deaths at that time and probably still one of the most brutal deaths of all time. Right. For something, for a crime he did not commit, for a debt he did not owe. And he goes there not wanting to, but he humbles himself enough because it's the right thing to do. And it's the thing he said he would do. I find it interesting how scripture says that he made himself of no reputation. Because reputation is specifically talking about how people perceive you. Like reputation is not who you are. Reputation is what people think of you. Right. And how he never holds himself hostage to what people think. You know, like he could have been fighting for his honor. He could have been fighting to clear his name. He could have been fighting to say, I am the Messiah. No, no, you're doing, you know what I mean? Like, okay, you could kill me, but you better, you better watch out. You better, you know what I mean? Like he could have been doing all of these things to oppose what was happening, but he doesn't do those things. And it just shows me like the way that Jesus 
achieves the honor from God the Father, the way that he acquires honor from God the Father is he goes through this process and he does not fight for his own. He does not, you know, he doesn't do that. And I'm like, Lord, you know, as Christians, a lot of what we're learning, a lot of what we learn in terms of character has to come from scripture because in our modern world, we do not see these models operating a lot right? As a matter of fact, we see so many things and so many messages that are contrary, particularly in this thing like, you know, hey, listen, Noah's a complete sentence and you got to put your boundaries down and all these things. And I'm not saying that they are wrong on paper. I'm not saying that these things are wrong, but I think that when they begin to be used in certain situations, I do believe that they begin to undercut what the Lord is trying to do in our lives. When we begin to put up boundaries, and we, we are trying to protect our own honor. We're trying to protect our own reputation. We're trying to protect our own, you know, like I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to give you the, I'm not going to give you the credit or I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of thinking that I'm serving you. I'm just going to do it because this is my assignment or I'm not going to, you know what I mean? So it becomes real, it, it gets real dicey. And I believe this is why the Lord begins to talk to us as believers. And he's, he's like, this is about what's going on in your heart. This is why honor is a is a heart thing and not a technique thing. Right. And one of the things that I'm learning just in my own journey, you know what I mean, is like a lot of times when we talk about leadership, and I believe that leadership applies to everybody. I believe that leadership applies to everybody who has the breath of God in them because he gave us all dominion, right? So we all have the responsibility of leadership in a particular area. But when we reduce leadership down to a technique and not a heart posture, we're not able to really walk in the honor that the Lord has in mind. And I think sometimes because we are not able to walk in honor and metabolize honor in our own lives, I think sometimes we maybe give ourselves credit for honoring God better than we do. It's so interesting because as you're talking, I'm like, it's so true because we keep talking about, I think sometimes we want to be honored, but the question is, are we honorable, right? Are we walking in honor? And what do I mean by that? So Jesus talks about the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, right? And it talks about there are other kinds of shepherds that when the lion shows up or when the thief shows up to kill the sheep, they take off running because they are hirelings, they're not true shepherds. Mm. And sometimes we want the honor of a shepherd, but we're living the life of a hireling. And we are, you know, we're like, yeah, I'm called to this until it gets hot. Mm. Until the people that we're called to don't want us. Right. And so as you were talking, I think we talked, we talked off camera about this earlier today. You've got to know because there's some things that are just human rights. There are some things that you should fight for. There's some things that you should not put up with. There's some things that you know, you shouldn't just allow people to dishonor you or to belittle you or what have you. However, there comes a time where the assignment may require it. You've got to find out what is my assignment? 
what is the thing that I'm called to do, right? That may put me in some precarious situations, but it's for a purpose, right? And so the Lord's not asking us to be nailed to a cross necessarily, right? He's not asking us to do some of those things. However, sometimes we are running from things that are just uncomfortable, right? Mm But the question is, is it your assignment? So I have a good friend of mine, and I think you said you may have him on the podcast sometime, but he always poses this question to those that feel called to ministry in particular, or they feel like the Lord is asking them to do a certain thing, right? And he was like, if you never are thanked for it, if you are never recognized for it, Mm. if you are never paid for it, would you still do it? That is so good. That is so good. Say that one more time. So the thing that you feel like God is calling you to or your purpose, the thing that you feel like is your assignment, the question is, would you still do it if you were not recognized for it, if you were not thanked for it, if you were not paid for it, or all of the above. Like if you never were recognized for doing this thing, right? But you're doing the work, you're doing the assignment, right? But nobody mentions your name. Nobody says it's you. Nobody is honoring you in this way or what have you. Would you still do it? Mercy. And I know the right answer is like, of course I would. But the question is, would you? Mm-hmm. And the if thing you would, that you give your sweat and tears for, and they attach somebody else's name to it that didn't do it. Right. And you might be able to do it for a little bit. Could you do it for a lifetime? You know what I mean? Or would you be like, I've been doing this for the past five years and just giving you a chance to recognize, just giving you a chance to do right, you know, but after a while, you know, could you last? Right. And the Lord's asking you to do it. Right. So again, I'm not saying it's a task that you took on yourself, but you feel like this is what I'm called to. This is the thing that I know is my whatever, Mm -hmm. right? And there's no outward benefit. Mm -hmm. Would you still do it because it's the right thing to do? It's the thing you're called to do. It's the thing you're asked to do, right? Mm -hmm. And and we know like God is a rewarder, all of those things. But like so many people, they feel called to something, but as soon as it gets tough or as soon as they're offended, or sometimes the people you're called to don't want you, or the people that you're called to are the ones crucifying you. Like really, like the rubber meets the road real quick, right? And the thing is, can you be humble enough to see it through? Right. Right. Or do we give in to like, I don't deserve this. I didn't ask for this. I could be doing something else. Right. And leave the assignment before it's done. Like that's the thing. Right. That's when we start talking about humility. Humility is not how you posture yourself when everybody's watching. Humility is what you do when nobody's watching and you have a choice whether to stay and see it through or to leave. Mm-hmm. Right. Will you humble yourself enough to stay to do the thing you know you're supposed to do? 
Right. Or would you humble yourself enough to keep your heart soft in the process? Because sometimes we will stay, but we begin to harden ourselves, right? So I'm staying, but I'm staying to prove you wrong. I'm staying because this is my place and you're not going to tell me, you're not going to push me out of this because I deserve this and I worked a long time to be here and this belongs to me and this is my inheritance. And it gets real dicey, right? Because here's the thing, some of the things that you're feeling like you might feel like justified in that. But it's the heart posture and how just that little slight resolution in your heart can turn your heart from being tender towards God to now all of a sudden being stony towards the Lord. Because when we begin to fight for ourselves, when when that self-preservation kicks in, when we begin to fight for our own honor, fight for our own well-being, fight for our own protection, because I'm protecting myself against a situation that feels like it can harm me, we begin to take ourselves out out of the Lord's hands, out of his protection. And we begin to take that responsibility onto ourselves. And at first it doesn't seem like a big deal, but the ramifications of that and how that begins to impact your ministry moving forward has some longer lasting effects. And I don't think that we always realize. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. It's like, it's finding that balance, mm-hmm. right? It's finding that balance of standing your ground, of of pushing back when you need to. You know what I mean? Like it's doing the assignment, right? So let me say it this way. We were talking about this on Sunday. Like an ambassador is one that is sent from one country or one kingdom into another kingdom for the purpose of representing the interests of that kingdom or nation that sent them, Mm -hmm. right? And so the ambassador, while they have their own opinions, while they have their own ideas, while they have their own whatever, they are not there to represent themselves. Mm -hmm. They are there to represent the interest of the nation, the kingdom that sent them there. Mm-hmm. And their job is to push those interests, whatever they tell them those interests are, right? To push that interest there and not to, you know, not to push their own. You know, sometimes hopefully their interests and the, the nation's interests line up or whatever. But if it doesn't, then whatever nation has sent them, their interest has to trump what the ambassador's interests may be, right? Right. And I think sometimes what happens in doing the assignment is that we start leading with our own interests Mm. and our own feelings. Mm -hmm. And we begin to feel some kind of way because we forgot that we are representing the interests of someone that sent us. Right. And it can, like you said, it can get real dicey real quick. Like you look at Moses and Moses is like, he's literally mad at the children of Israel because they're not treating God correctly. But his anger gets the best of him. Right. And the way God wants him to treat his people, his anger begins to trump God's interests. 
and he ends up missing out on the promised land because his emotions get out of control. And I think that he processed how the Lord was using him. And and you're saying it like you've got to be very clear. I, I say you, but I mean we. We've got to be very clear on what our assignment is because when it becomes personal, things get real dicey. And when Moses took that staff and he hit the rock, he was like, how many times do I got to do this? Right. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, let me pull up the scripture. But I believe that he makes a reference as if I'm having to bring this water out of a rock. How many times do I have to do this? And I don't necessarily think that, you know, it was that phrase that was a deal breaker for him, <laughs> you know, for him and God. But I think it's that sentiment, right? Because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right. but it is that seed of bitterness. It's that seed where it's like, you know, I am serving God's people, but I'm having to do this and I'm having to do all of this and I'm this. Ah, ah, ah. And if we're, and, and, and truth be told, truth be told, there are some of us who are new to the ministry and we have adopted that type of behavior, that type of mindset and that type of posture towards God's people early on as a tone or as a sense of validation that I've made it, that I'm now I'm the leader. And so now I'm so burdened by the people of God. I'm so this, I'm so, and I'm not saying that being a Christian leader is not challenging, but I'm saying that sometimes we will adopt that language as a sign of importance for us. You know what I mean? As a sign to show that I really am doing something that's worth doing. I really am doing, I'm doing heavy lifting. I really am leading the people. You know what I mean? Not, and I think that we use that to kind of give ourselves significance or show that we're not, not in a malicious way, but to show that we're, what we're doing is, is noteworthy. But again, excuse me, we're not realizing that that thing that we is cute at first and we say, but I don't really mean it. I really do love that the Lord is using me this way and doesn't make me tired. Yes, but I would still do it because my heart is to serve the Lord, not realizing that that thing can turn into something sinister and it can begin to work against you. And it can, in Moses's case, cause you to be disqualified into really walking in the fullness of what could have been the fullness of an inheritance for you, not just to lead the people out, but to lead them in. Right. Absolutely. And again, it's not easy, y'all. Like it's not easy because you know, we are human, we have emotions, we have all these things, but this is why they're, like Paul says, I need you to walk worthy of the calling to which you were called. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't just mean doing the calling, but it's also like preserving it or guarding your heart. Like this is why you've got to be balanced. This is why you can't have a Messiah complex. This is why Mm -hmm. you can't take on things that are not yours to take on. Right. And what happens many times is we are serving the people. Right. But sometimes we're wanting to be, it's like we're double dipping. We want the people to serve us in the same manner or greater. Right. And so we are like, it's kind of like if somebody is, you know, you're a doctor and they, they are a surgeon, they bring somebody that's bleeding out into the ER and you're working on them. But then you're like, you stop working on them because you want them to work on you. Right. 
that's not their job. Like there's somebody else that God will use or have to work on you and to help you and to lift you and all of those things, right? But like, we've got to keep things in the right perspective. And I find in Christendom, and that's just because this is, this is kind of the, this is the arena that the Lord has us in, right? Mm-hmm. And we see leaders that sometimes they are tired and they are like, they're rightfully upset, right? Mm-hmm. And it is hard and it's all of these things and you give your blood, sweat, and, t- and sometimes it's thankless and all of this stuff, right? Sure. But our job is to serve, not to be served, Right. And you've got to find you've got to find your relief somewhere else sometimes. Right. Like what I remember there was a pastor one time and they were talking about how offended they were by their congregants or something to that nature. And I'm like, you know, what shepherd is offended by the needs of their sheep? or the behavior of their sheep. No, you're the shepherd, right? And your job is to care for them, to protect them, to feed them, to do those things, right? But as far as honor comes, it doesn't, like the Bible says, you're worthy of honor, you're worthy of double honor, all of those things. But that is not what you're called for. Neither. You're not called for honor. You're called to serve and honor will come. Not only that, but the Lord never promises that the people we serve are going to be the people that honor us. And I think that's where, you know, sometimes it can be frustrating because the Bible says, if you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he will exalt you. He will honor you. And sometimes we are desiring an honor that really is meant to come from the Lord himself. And we are putting that burden on the backs of the people that we serve inappropriately Appropriately. Right. Inappropriately. I just want to touch. I, I found that scripture just for anybody who's listening and they're like, what exactly? This is from Numbers chapter 20, verse 7 through 12. This is when God speaks to Moses. And the Lord said to Moses, Take the staff, you and your brother Aaron, gather the assembly together, speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. That's what the Lord is saying to him. This is what I'm telling you to do. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, listen, you rebels, must we bring water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. So the honor, like Moses, your responsibility is to serve the people and to honor me. My responsibility is to honor you as you, you know what I mean? Like as you humble yourself, I will honor you. So it's like, we have all of these components in there, this service, this honor, this obedience, you know what I mean? All of these things, but we've got to be clear on who's giving what and where what is due you know what i mean like what what goes where that's it and it's so like you notice that this whole piece of being humble is not about what you're saying it's are you obeying 
right? Because we, we do, we're like, no, 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 God, I'm not worthy. No, God, I can't. No, God. But the question is, will you do it God's way? That's where true humble, like, it's not when you get in front of people and they be like, you know what? I'm just this humble servant. And I just, you know, Lord, whatever, how, what, whatever you want me to say, I'll say whatever you want me to do, I'll do. However, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. All of those things. But the question is, can you do it? And can you do it with the right attitude? Can you do it the way God wants you? Right. And thank God for grace. Thank God for it. Right. But this is the thing. Like we've got to get things back in order. Like Jesus said, your lips are close to me, but your hearts are far away. You're saying the right things. We're we're worshiping with our words, but we're not worshiping in our actions, right? We are not humbled. We are not living sacrifices. We are not, we're fighting. Like we're, again, if people listen to us, we're like, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. Uh, Listen, I'm being transparent, y'all. I'm there. I've been there, right? And the Lord's like, okay, I hear you saying yes, but can you do it? Show me, show me here. I'd rather you not say anything and you do it, right? And matter of fact, there's a passage of scripture where Jesus is giving this parable about these two sons, right? And the father asked him to, one of the sons to do something. He's like, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. And he doesn't do it, right? The other son, he says, what do you do? He's like, I'm not going to do it, right? But he ends up doing it. And the question is, who did the will of the father? Not the one that not they didn't do it with their words. It's the one that walked it out. And so going back to that first scripture in Philippians, where it says he humbled himself even unto death, even the death of the cross. That was not an easy decision. Up until the night of his, like, up until like 24 hours before, less than 24 hours before he's supposed to hang on the cross, he's like, Father, brother, praying like three times. Please take this cup. Is there another way? Hello. So it's not, I don't want us to have this idea of like being humble and living honorably is like easy all the time. And like, if you were really humbled, it'd just be, no, 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 no. There's things you got to fight through. Right. There's things you got to like make a real decision because being humble sometimes can put you in harm's way. It can cause accusation to come and you may not be in a place where you are able to defend it. Well, God, they're going to think this. So what? Let them think it. But I didn't do it. I know you didn't do it, but let them think it. Right. Sometimes you can't defend yourself. Sometimes you can't you can't like throw it all out there. Right. You've just got to do what the Lord is saying. Do. Thanks for listening to the Growth and Greatness podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe to make sure you never miss a new episode. And follow me on social media at Candice Lamb. That's C-A-N-D-I-C-E-L-A-M-B-E. To catch the replay of this live show, check out my channel, Rain Life Entertainment, on YouTube. That's R-E-I-G-N, Life Entertainment, on YouTube.